Welcome back to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongly MC on Instagram. If you want to know anything about the music, what we got popping, what we were dropping, um, Colleen Eat Wings, also on Instagram, if you want to see what I'm cooking, what I'm eating, where I'm ordering from, or you can just go over to doughrecords.com and get all of the links, D-O-E records.com. Hey, welcome back, y'all. I know it's been a minute a long hiatus. Well, on the She Can Talk on the podcast side, it's been a hiatus, and I apologize about that. But if you follow me nonetheless, and if you are rocking with me nonetheless, you see that I do keep up to date on the Clinic Wings page, and I have been keeping up to date with you know, new things on the Gongly MC page and overall just on DoughRecords.com. And really and truly, I have been using the She Can Talk platform on Instagram to also kind of promote what I've been doing elsewhere. So without further ado, let's get into it. How are you all doing? Hope everyone is well. Hope everyone is blessed. Hope everyone is doing great. We are fresh off of Mother's Day weekend. So to any of the moms out there, fur babies, fur mamas, um, stepmamas, grandmamas, you know, mamas-in-laws, everyone is still, is still your month. So happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful women out there. Hey, and... Let's get into it. So it's took me, well, it has taken me a while to get this next episode together because there's a lot of things that I wanted to discuss. And just when I feel like, yes, I'm there, I'm ready to discuss some things, boom, more things happen. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I said, if I was to wait and gather up notes on all these current events to do a new episode, it would be 2023 before I get a new episode to you guys. And that is unacceptable. So I said, you know what? Let me just dive in this week. This is the perfect time. I have a little bit of breathing space and I wanted to knock out some time and spend it with you. Well, not say knock out some time, carve out some time and spend with you all specifically over here at She Can Talk to let you know that I do love you. I miss you all. And this is really... I actually miss being able to um, just let my hair down and talk to you all because I've been really focused on other things and, you know, a lot of things you kind of just got to work through it and focus on it. You can't really talk about anything until it happens type of thing. So, you know, I don't really get to share a lot of stuff or excitement with you all like I do on the podcast. So here we are. So what I'm going to do is play catch up with you all today because a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have happened. So um, I was like, you know, I really don't want it to be, you know, my first episode back a somber episode. Right. I said I didn't want to come at you guys like, oh, let's talk about, you know, things in the news, current events, but it's so blatant. It's so everywhere that I did at least want to touch on it, you know, an episode and then kind of jump back in. So I will be, you know, I do have a few more episodes lined up for you all. So I don't want you to think this is a one and done and you won't hear from me until, you know, Christmas time or something like that. God forbid. I am trying to be better with my time. So here we go. But, um, honestly, we're going to go way back now. Like when I say way back, we're going to go back about maybe a month and a half to months here, just to kind of segue into making what I wanted to discuss today make sense. Right. So the episode is called, you know, for obvious reasons, dirty diamonds, but, um, it's not about just my song. And I could have honestly, which I will be getting into in the second half of this episode is talking about how I came about creating that song if you don't know here comes a shameless plug right now it's a new single I dropped well 
it's not even really a single. It's part of a compilation called Queens of Hip Hop Volume 1 out of um, Hamburg, Germany on Three Stock Records. Shout out to um, Golden Sneakers Festival. Shout out to Maximilian. Shout out to um, all the dope, um, just everyone over there at Stock Records, Three Stock Records in Germany that, you know, said, you know what? And reached out to me and said they wanted me on their project. So I did a song for them called Dirty Diamonds, produced by Colossal Beats. You already know that's the fam that's in-house, a.k.a. Colossal TV on Instagram. And um, we said, yo, let's get it. Let's let's get it done. And I will tell you the breakdown of the creativity and the inspiration behind Dirty Diamonds a little bit later on in this episode. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to touch on some things that would have been on my mind quickly before we jump into the um music. So I figured this way I can come at you a little bit more serious in the beginning of this episode, right? And then later on we can, you know, lighten the mood with my storytelling and, you know, just take you down some storytelling lanes. You know how I like to do. Hey, you already know you're with me. You're with Colleen. She can talk. So here we go. All right. So with that being said, I wanted to go back a couple of months. Now stale news. It's not new news, but it's all going to tie in. So just ride with me. Buckle your seatbelts. Okay. I remember like a month or two ago, um, Ryan Coogler was going into the bank to get out money in Atlanta, in Georgia, while he was filming for Wakanda Forever, I believe. And, um, you know, of course, as you know, pandemic times and I feel like me personally included because that's what I do I still wear my mask depending on where I go you know what I'm saying so um yeah I still wear my mask but um at the same time I understand to each his own no one's really that's not the subject of it he had on the mask is all I'm saying so he went to the bank I understand a man of his net worth of his importance of his you know statute he wants to protect himself it's serious out here so he wore his mask for whatever reason it's his personal reason he wanted to protect, protect himself, but we are in COVID time stills. So no one should be shocked or scared of any person of any race in a mask at this point, unless they come off to you threatening. Okay. So we already know how it went down. He went to the bank. He handed the, the um, teller a note and said, Hey, I just don't want to make a scene, but I want to take out X amount of money out of my account. Swiped his card, his card it gave her his ID. She refused to look at the ID. She refused to look at the, you know, that the card was verified and valid. And instead, she just ran to the back and, you know, made them call the police and, you know, pull guns out on him and just kind of do an embarrassing scene, you know. So the reason, um, okay, so I'm going to go back a bit. I, I was going to call this episode Black Betrayal, but that was like, that's too harsh. And that's too, um, you know, I don't want to step on that horse on that soapbox, I should say, which is going to segue into, you know, the ending of where I'm going with this whole segment here tonight. But, um, okay. So Ryan Coogler went to the bank. He was able to be clarified that, you know, I am Ryan Coogler. I am, you know, certified rich Wakanda forever, Wakanda black Panther. That's me. And you know, this is my account. So the police was like, okay, wow. Even if the police was like, they did, she just saw a black guy. She didn't even, you know, and she probably didn't know how to do a transaction over that amount. Right. So the thing that I want to say is I'm, I'm so kind of like tired of us as a people and you guys take it how you want to take it that always tend to doubt each other's success and doubt each other's capabilities of being, you know, a successful person. It just can't, it cannot possibly be you because you're black you know, or whatever the case is, because my question is, would she have done that if it was a white guy that came into the bank and did, 
whatever and said, Hey, you know, here's my note. Here's my account. This is what I do. Or would she have obliged him and just, you know, handle the transaction accordingly? I think the latter, I think she would have obliged him and handled the transaction accordingly just because it appears to be the image of, Hey, this guy looks like he should have this amount of money in the account. Whereas if a black guy comes up as like, you can't possibly have that in the account, right? So we see a lot of that in society, which um, is bringing me into something that I don't know. I've been kind of sucked in as a viewer. I don't participate. And this is not my attempt to participate in any of the debates and the topics that are going on on YouTube right now. But I always tell you about different things that I watch. I always tell you about different YouTubers that, you know, might pique my interest for the moment or something that caught my attention, etc. But, um, you know, I noticed in the last couple of months as well. Um, okay. To even segue from that, from Ryan Coogler into, you know, I don't really like to talk about that situation, but Tasha K and Cardi B, right? The whole big lawsuit and the whole big lawsuit is basically, it's basically because one black woman is tearing down another black woman in the public media for no reason at all, other than views and a profit for, for them. You know, so you're not thinking about this woman's family. You're not thinking about how she may come off to others or whatever, or what endorsements or, you know, how this can hurt her brand in any capacity. You just kept on digging away. So Tasha K kept on digging away at Cardi B and it just shows a more discord in our community. How many bloggers now, you know, there's other bloggers out there that do cater strictly to white celebrities like Perez Hilton. I'm just thinking, I don't know any of new ones cause I really don't care. Don't follow them to be honest, but I just know like one of the bigger ones in, you know, back in the day, I don't know how he is now and f- forgive me just because I'm not on it like that. But I know Perez Hilton was one that like followed Britney Spears, followed Kim Kardashian, followed like everything Paris Hilton did, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, um, yeah, he reported on the gossip reported on the news, but it wasn't slander. You know, it wasn't like, this is what, you know, she's, you know, you know, of course you heard about rumors about everyone, because I do remember a couple of Paris Hilton rumors I heard back in the days, you know, from whatever the case, pre-internet type of stuff. However, not to the extent that we and our, you know, in the black community do to each other, right? It's just like, you can't possibly win. You can't possibly be, you know, what you're portraying to be. So, you know, we have Ryan Coogler at the bank. We have Tasha K tearing down Cardi B. Then we have this thing on YouTube that I don't know. I just got sucked into it as a, as a viewer, as a total neutral viewer, you know, cause I can see and understand and empathize with both parties, but we have the, what they call the tea party and the manosphere. And before I go into the tea party and manosphere, I have to let you know that the teller at the bank in Atlanta, Georgia was a black woman, a black pregnant woman. And Ryan Coogler, of course, is a black man. So everything that I'm saying here today, it's not about black against anyone else or any other community. It's about black on black is what I'm talking about today. And then the Tea Party in the Manosphere to kind of get back to get back on track. It's like two divided parties of women, which are the Tea Parties. And I guess because like a lot of them have like tea in their name, I don't know, but you know, they call them the Tea Party. And then you have the Manosphere, which is like a lot of male bloggers who have bonded together in the same way that the women in the Tea Party, I guess, have bonded together on the same views. So the thing to me is, right, I get it. I can see where both sides were trying to um, 
explain, you know, the plight or maybe what they've been through and kind of maybe examine how did we get here and how can we fix it, you know, as a, as a community, because if the man and the woman cannot see eye to eye and cannot compromise and come together, then we are doomed as a people. You see, like, for example, I see the biggest, um, topic in the tea party is divestment and um these are all new words to me so guys if you you know are familiar with this fill me in definitely I'm all open for dialogue okay but what I've seen is like you know the biggest thing has been like divestment and that's basically how they're using it is saying like you know black men and you know instead of saying hey look you know I'm gonna marry a black woman and have black children invest in them invest in them going to college invest in our community buy a home and you know invest in our generations to come they're taking that potential away from the black community by not marrying a black woman and marrying a woman of any other race and investing in their children that way me personally I feel like any man and any woman that decide to get together and have children and do what they need to do need to you know, no, it's an investment together. Now, as far as the races and who should go where, who should go there, I'm not really with all that, to be honest with you. You know, I come from a very diverse family myself of individuals. And, um, so I can't just say, yeah, yeah, no, you know, this is wrong. That's right. I agree. I disagree. But I will say I do empathize and I can understand where they're coming from because, you know, for example, you know, black women are the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunties, the ones that have nurtured and raised this community. Basically, majority of the time and majority of the cases, single-handedly, single-parented, you know, households. And they try to do the best they can. But I think um, a lot of the, you know, the the ones that did the best they could and, and um, you know, their children also showed with positive results in the end and moved on to become better people in society that may have gotten overshadowed by the negative because we already know how it is. Anything that's negative is going to stick out more than anything that's positive. We already agree on that. And the same goes with demographics. So if you're looking at how many, you know, single parented homes versus how many two family homes or two parent homes are in certain areas or certain communities, then you will see staggering numbers. If you're like, how many people graduated from high school, much less college in certain areas versus other areas, you will see staggering numbers. So I don't know, um, where the disconnect came from because I feel like the men and the women both was at big mama's house. And I'm just, just follow me now, follow me with the analogy I'm going to big mama was grandmother or mom or whoever it was, the woman, the maternal figure in the black community that held your family together, whoever, whatever your family looks like, you know, the grandmother is revered. My grandmother, shout out to mommy, rest in peace was revered for that mama as well. My great grandmother, same thing revered and today with the glue when they both passed away my family to be honest is different like you know fourth of july's meant something christmas easter we had easter egg hunts literally at my grandmother's house we would do like fourth of july block parties like um or barbecues that basically rolled out into the street and became block parties and this was like nice middle class upper middle class long island so this wasn't like the hood this wasn't you know i didn't grow up the way people want to believe i did you know 
And um, for example, Christmas, Thanksgiving, these were all holidays that meant something to us and to my family growing up because my grandmother was there. And my grandfather was also there. So it wasn't like it was a single parent at home, but we all revere our grandmother to the, you know, to what it is. She's the nurturer. She's the glue that holds the family together, right? When did it become that, um, you know, the disconnect with the children? When you grew up, you know, you had a cousin that was a girl, you had a sister, you know, that was a girl. You had a brother that was a boy. You had a cousin that was a boy. You know, like boys and girls grew up together. Where did the disconnect come from and the lack of respect towards each other happen? I, I just don't understand what happened, you know, because now you're seeing adults. It's not children in these, you know, disputes and debates online. It's adults well into their 40s and 50s and beyond that are talking about, you know, and pointing the finger at each other saying that this one's wrong. That's one's wrong. That's wrong. This one's right. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm wrong. And so I'm like, I still don't get it. What are they upset about? Because my thing is this, you know, go for what you like. You know, that's, I always tell people, anyone that knows me, especially my girlfriends, especially my home girls, we all, you all have home girls. We talk about your dating life. You talk about, you know, your ups and downs. You're excited about a guy. You talk to that same homegirl when that guy breaks your heart. You know, you go out on ha- on ladies night. You go out on fuck them nights. So as far as fuck them niggas, we going out. We go out on, you know, bride-to-be bachelorette parties. We go out for divorce parties. We go out for girls' trips. Like, you know you have your girlfriends there and you talk, right? So, um, so I'm saying all that to say is if any of my girlfriends out there that know me, they can attest to this. If we had any of those conversations that I just described previously or any of those scenarios that we experienced together, we've done drank some wine. We done, you know, smoked some weed in some cases and had a girl's moment. Right. And talked about these dudes that broke our hearts and they can always say like, I've come to the conclusion early out for years. And I said, you know what? We have to like the ones that like us. I think that's what's happening here. You know, I think that, you know, we're disappointing ourselves. I said that early out. A lot of my girlfriends, it was arguments, you know, some of them were not even friends anymore, you know, because for example, um, just to give an example, you know, not saying anything, just old scenario, but I actually told this story the other day, speaking with my cousin and my cousin, very good looking dude, right? He's from England. He's, um, English. He runs like three or four miles a day, very built, you know, et cetera, wherever he goes, the women like him of all races. And then, you know, he's from Europe. So that makes it even more exotic because he's not just a regular black guy from Brooklyn. He's a guy from Birmingham, England in Brooklyn, you know, it's different, right? So he met this girl in Brooklyn and, um, a couple of girls in Brooklyn, I should say. But anyway, this one in particular was like literally obsessed with him, right? She was obsessed with the way he looks. He's so good looking. He was the type of dude I used to tell him like, yo, dude, you thirst trap. I can't even say, I was like, yo, dude, you're thirst trapping because he would like jog, like say if it was a good morning, like early morning, he would jog in New York city with no shirt on around his neighborhood or whatever he's exercise he's doing. And he's like, yeah, because you know, it was just like, I, you know, I don't know what his reasoning was. I don't remember at the time cause this was years ago, but he would do that. And I was like, dude, this was before, you know, Instagram, he was a, a fitness thirst trapper in the hood. Right. And so this girl just fell in love with him. Now the difference is the girl was a big girl. She wasn't exercising. She wasn't physically fit. She was probably like, I don't, I don't know dress sizes. I'm not going there. You know what I'm saying? But she was a big girl. Right. And she was like, you know, 
every time she would see me or she would see my, you know, brother or any of, uh, you know, anyone that, you know, she knows is connected to my cousin, she would be like, yo, what's up with your cousin? Hook up with your cousin. Tell your cousin I said hi, you know, whatever. And we'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, like for example, I would tell my cousin, Hey, yo, so-and-so said hi. And he'd be like, yo man, you know, she don't even want to jog. She doesn't even want to exercise. She shows no effort to be healthy. Why would I put energy and effort into myself looking the way I do and eating the way I do and taking, you know, what I put into my body seriously to turn around and, you know, be satisfied or settle with a woman that does the complete opposite I do. Right. And my cousin told me this early out. This was early out because he's older than me and he was on his shit early. You know what I'm saying? And so shout out to my cousin, Chris. He was on his shit early and he, you know, he would say that he would be like, yo, like, that doesn't make any sense. Look at me. I, I, my cousin would sit there and break down stocks before I knew what the hell stocks were. He's breaking out interest, you know, which is the best way to, you know, incur interest and in, on savings and, you know, double money. Like that's the type of dude he was at like 22 years old. You know what I'm saying? So he was just wired differently. You know, at first I used to think like, oh, it's because he's from England and he's in New York. So they think differently, but no, he, he was just wired differently. You know, there's men and women that are wired differently. Right. So this one girl just could not accept or understand that, you know, she, you know, she couldn't get his attention the way she wanted to. Right. So ultimately in the end, I don't know. I think he kind of told her, like he had to kind of break it down to her because really truly my cousin's a great guy. Like he's not a heartbreaker. He's not a player. He's not a dog. He's right now. Actually, he, um, is saved. He's a Christian preacher in England, married. He has several kids. Plus he adopted children and has his own church. Right. Just so just to let you know, this was like when we were younger, but, um, you know, now he's very established. And I told you, he's always thought ahead. He always, his mind was always ahead. Right. He was always thinking like always breaking down the Bible, always spiritual on a different level of thinking. So if you're coming at him at just for a sexual level, or if you're coming at him just for like, you know, the instant gratification and pleasure, you would be disappointed. He was just not wired like that. Right. So he was one of the people that kind of taught me early out on the outside looking in. Now I can say on myself personally, I've had, you know, my own experiences that made me say, you know what, maybe I'm reaching too high right now. You know what I'm saying? Cause, um, just to give you a little bit of my story, I told you about my cousin, whatever. I remember when I was like 19 years old, who has their shit together at 19? If you do, God bless you. You know what I'm saying? But, um, this is back in the day, 19 years old, college student, no money. And then literally when you're in a place where your peoples didn't want you to go and they're not supporting you, that makes it harder. Right? So I'm like out there on my own because my family said, I didn't want you to go there. You went there, you deal with it. So yeah, I had to figure out my way and figure out what I was going to do to further my education and become a better person, etc. That made me bitter. That struggle made me bitter. But beyond that, it was a point in that time, right? Where I met someone that I just fell head over heels for, right? For whatever reason at the time. But um this person had their life together, you know? I didn't. This person knew about credit, knew about, you know, real estate, knew what basically had their next 10 years planned out. And um I was upset because I wasn't included in those 10 year plans, but I couldn't even understand a plan at that point properly, much less to say, Hey, you need to include me in your plans. Right. As a grown woman. Now I can say, nah, I didn't, I, it, I, it was beyond me 
for what I was capable of doing, what I was capable of bringing to the table at the time, it was beyond me. Does that make me a less than person? No, because if you see me now, let me just give you a little FYI. Mama just put some solar panels on the roof. Stop playing with me. So we ain't playing out here in these streets. However, it took me some time and it took some learning and understanding to develop and get to where you need to get to. Also, it takes you being willing and wanting to be better and then you can get whatever you want you know what i'm saying because for real i literally ended up with the type of dude that i prayed for as a result of me preparing myself and getting myself to where i wanted to be so all that to say is um early out you know i with my cousin you know i got uncles i got brothers and then just all my own personal experiences of heartbreak because the scales weren't tipped not in my favor, meaning that, you know, I was probably reaching beyond what I was prepared to handle, you know, or, or prepared to even, yeah, handle. That's the best way I could describe it. You know, like if you got to do this, like, Hey, look, my credit card limit is $10,000 and I'm going to fly out. But right now, and you know, like sometimes you might just be like, you know, it's just anything, you know, and you could be like, Hey, c- can you meet or exceed? Can I'm going to go ahead and get this. Can you just go ahead and buy that? And we meet in the middle and we got this. And you'd be like, well, my credit card limit is a hundred dollars. I can buy the cables. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's unequal. It's uneven. It's an uneven match. Right. And some people are saying like, oh no. So you, you, you're saying that everyone should be together and everyone should be, you know, put together before you find love. No, I'm not saying that. But I also am saying that from my personal experience, I can't speak for anyone else. I can say that, um, I can see where, um, wanting, you know, cause we all were little girls. I don't care what color, what race, who raised you. We all are familiar with all of the princess princess stories from Snow White and the seven doors to Cinderella, to Rapunzel, to, um, whoever princess and a frog, whoever, right. Princess stories have been ingrained, ingrained in little girls' heads from the dawn of time. Meaning, you're gonna, it's gonna be a prince. He's gonna come. He's gonna have everything in place. He's gonna be perfect, and you don't have to be nothing. Like you literally can be scrubbing floors for your stepmother, and your best friend could be a rat in the basement, and you could not bathe or eat food and be a bum. But this prince is gonna see everything in you and swoop you away, right? And Telling that story like that, it sounds like fucking bogus. Like it sounds crazy, right? But that's what we were taught. If you if you really look at a lot of the princess stories, except for one or two, but if you look at majority of the princess stories, it's like a helpless, skilledless woman being swooped away. And then to make it even more of a disadvantage, if you're a black girl, you know, very rare were those stories about you, you know? So you couldn't even see yourself as Cinderella because she wasn't black. You couldn't see yourself as Snow White or Rapunzel because they weren't black either, you know? So that made it even harder for you to even grasp it. But nonetheless, we did. We did what we could and we made an even further unrealistic situation, further unrealistic for us and made that our reality. So, um... And I'm just talking from my experience. I'm not trying to say I'm on anyone's sides here or there. But um, I say that to say is anyone who know me, anyone who has been around me as far as my girlfriends, that's an argument that we has had over the years. I probably, I, I know I lost friends, you know, some dear friends, maybe not so dear friends off of this because I would say to them, hey, look, you might want to date someone who likes you, you know, like I just think it was easier 
you know? And so that's the whole, like, I don't understand why, like, you know, some women over here are angry at black men that don't want to date them, that they want to date outside their race. Okay. Let them date them. You know what I'm saying? Because look how many, like, for example, I saw, um, and there's a couple of channels as I'm going into it again. And, um, and I'm going to sum it up in a little bit here, but another news thing, just to bring it current up today, I tell you, it was a lot of stuff that it was like, it's just, it keeps on going in, but it's all within the same community, our community. And it's crazy. So in Miami, also in April, it was a guy named like Christian Obuselli or something. And Courtney Taylor, I think her name is, she's like an OnlyFans model. He's like a um, crypto millionaire, right? They're both from Texas. They got money, et cetera. They're successful. They're young. Like, I think he just was going to turn like 28 years old and she's like 25 years old. Like they're young. So, you know, this is a new generation where money and all the success and the power comes quick and goes quick as well, but it's, they have access to it quick. So they were living in a very upscale you know, high rise in Miami, hanging out with very opulent friends, you know, being interviewed on different podcasts, just living their best life, right? Until one night, we don't know what happens, but she kills him. She killed her boyfriend. So Courtney killed Christian. So to top it off, Courtney's a blonde haired, blue eyed, white girl, of course. And Christian is a black African dude from Africa that his family has money. Of course, they're like, middle-class people in Texas, right? So uh, apparently the whole family or, well, I'm not gonna say the whole family because I don't know that, um, but he, you know, Christian, definitely displayed some very strong comments about black women on his Twitter feeds throughout the years and basically professing his stance on how he feels about black women versus his love for white women, right? So no one knew about this guy. It wasn't like, you know, he had his Twitter stuff. I'm pretty sure it's dozens of people, you know, and that's, you know, that's why I say sometimes it, you, we might, we should all think about what we post as well, or, you know, what you do online, because it can possibly come back to bite you in a good, you know, in a bad way. Right. So no one knew about it. Like his tweets didn't go viral back then. His tweets dated back to like 2012. Nothing went viral until he got killed by his white girlfriend in Miami. Then they start looking him up. What is this guy about? Who is he? You know, they want us to have sympathy for him. And that's one thing. If you didn't know, black women are investigative discovery. They're going to find out everything. They're going to get the social, they're going to get the date of birth, the address, the time of death. They're going to get it. So they did. And they found his tweets and they realized how he had a, a strong disdain towards black women because he loved white women. So they were like, you know, the tea party and, you know, everyone from the women's perspective of YouTube was like, ah, well, our job is done here. He's not one of ours. There's no need to rally the troops. There's no need to get upset. There's no need to even write a petition, ladies. He hates us. So let his, you know, as they were saying, the Beckys, you know, the Beckys with the good hair or whatever, let them fight his battle because he doesn't like us. So you'd be a fool to pick up and, and, you know, support him that was killed by his girlfriend. The irony of it is, um, his family was like, you know, pleading and asking the black community to kind of help get justice for, for their son because, you know, it's wrong. He, you know, a white woman's getting away with murder. And, you know, I just, I, like I said, I'm just a spectator in this, but 
I, and let me just let you know now, I think it's tragic that he died. I got, you know, no, anyone being killed, anyone dying before their time is tragic. So I'm not here to laugh at any of that. But the irony of life is, you know, his tweets and then what happened, the comedy in it to me is the women that are like, oh, we're done. We're putting up memes and they're like, they've got their jokes to say about it. And I'm like, that's so funny how, you know, even though they're saying they're not involved, they involve themselves. So I, you know, I thought that was funny by saying they're not involved in themselves, but that I will say the, another irony of it is she got off like self-defense. She basically didn't even get arrested. Like in Florida, they had this thing called Baker Act. So they feel like if you're a threat to yourself or to society, they'll basically put you in a crazy bin versus arresting you. Right. So basically, if, I, I think it's really if you're doing like suicidal tendencies or something, they're going to sedate you and bring you to the crazy house. And for 72 hour observation before anything else happens, normally, depending on what you did, like if you killed someone, if the 72 hour observation clears and that you're fine, then you're going to carry your ass to jail for further, you know, for further punishment. In this particular case, the girl was Baker Act because I guess she showed signs of suicidal tendencies. And then with 72 hours, she was at the bar chilling. No lie. I kid you not. You can Google it at the bar chilling just just lounging and then a couple like a week later they said oh well, self-defense case closed right so the irony of life is you know the dude had so much disdain and took so much energy out on black women and now his family's asking for black women in this you know black community to rally around him in death by the hands of a white woman so um that just fueled the Menosphere Tea Party. I just saw that going. That article, that topic was just going around, going around. Not so much on the Manosphere, I will say. Not so much. But on the Tea Party side, yes. That's like the women's side of YouTube. Yes, they were they they were going with that story. Like this is another classic example of these guys show you know, divesting to the other side to get killed. And then look, like, where's his cryptocurrency? Like the family's putting up a GoFundMe for um for his funeral and for his arrangements and for all that stuff. But, um, he was living in a luxury high rise. He was, he was making millions off a of cryptocurrency that she probably swooped out with one transfer, <laughs> one crypto transfer to her account. And that's done because, you know, we're still in the new ages of cryptocurrency. So all that stuff and, you know, working out, I think they're just now being able to add it to taxes, you know, so it's still a new ground to work on. So you can't really fight for that like that wiped out. So this is another example of, you know, things that fuel, you know, the women to be like, see, you divest away from us until you need us to fight for you. And we're not doing it anymore. We're tired because you were the same women you step on and put your feet on, but then you want us to rally around you. I get it. That whole thing right there. I get it. Do I, um, think it's funny or ironic or anything that the guy got killed in Miami. No, it's a sad story. And I do hope his family is able to get justice one day. But um, I just say it's a lesson overall to myself and to anyone out there. Like, just be careful of what you say and do. Like, there's things that I tell you guys every time I come up here. Literally, it's like not an episode that I don't tell you. Like, it's some shit that I regret doing 
in my life, you know, some things I regret saying and some people I regret hurting in my life. You know, I wish I could fix it. I wish it was a time machine or a multiverse or something that I can go back a couple of steps in life and fix it, but we can't, you know, all I can do is just ask God to forgive me, ask whoever I could, you know, to forgive me or, you know, ex- extend a, a olive branch and move forward. I can't live in it, you know, but at the same time, I've learned my lesson and say, Hey, we got to be mindful of what we say and what we put out there because you just don't know how it can affect not only the people around you, but how it can come back and affect you. Right. Which leads me to, um, some more stuff, right? It just goes crazy. Now, the reason why you're probably like, well, Colleen, I get what you're saying. And this is an interesting topic, but what the hell does this have to do with dirty diamonds? Right. Um, all of this to me, I feel like in the black community, we are all dirty diamonds. Like we're diamonds in the rough. Right. And, um, we just like, we need to chisel away and stop looking at the, the black coal and instead start chiseling away till we can see the shine and kind of shine ourselves up again as a community. And let's like brush off the dust and the coal and the soot and let's get these diamonds shining. Right. Because, um, it's like from, you know, our, our stellars, our, our, you know, stellar, stellar citizens of the community, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you know, people like, you know, um, Jay-Z, Ryan Coogler, just anyone that's being that successful is like, let's give them their props for being successful. Let's respect them for what they did because we know that they did not have the silver spoons in their mouth like other communities did, you know, or have, you know, so let's give those, let's give those recognition to recognize that, yo, it takes a little bit extra oomph to come from where we come from because we try it. You try it. And based on where you, how far you get, like less respect when someone gets a little bit further instead of trying to tear them down. Right. So now on the flip side, on the manosphere side, right. Um, I seen the manosphere. I actually really became more familiar with the manosphere when the whole Tasha K and Cardi B thing started happening. You started seeing guys like, um, I don't want to say a lot of names, but like, you know, choke, no joke, the lead attorney, you know, um, couple of people talking about the case in regards to Tasha K and Cardi B. So I said, okay, because it was just something that I was kind of following loosely. So anyone who was kind of talking about it, I said, okay, cool. So like, the lead attorney in particular, I'm going to talk about him. I actually think he's pretty dope. I, I like his show. Um, do I watch him every day? No. Am I like, you know, subscribe? I think I am subscribed, honestly. So I'm not going to say I'm not. However, I'm not like fully invested every day. I got to see what he's saying. My word, he has words for me to live by type of thing. But I just think he's a good YouTube presence. And I like the fact that he's there every day in his suit good looking guy, speaking with proper etiquette, talking and influencing and empowering black men. Okay. We need that. You know, like I said, in the beginning of this, there was a lot of, um, brothers and sisters, cousins, nieces, and nephews that grew up with big mama. I was blessed to also have, you know, big daddy, which was my grandfather and, you know, and my uncles, etc., And, you know, my stepdad, I was blessed to have that as well. However, not everyone has that, you know, and it was points in my life in my, you know, very early childhood where my, when my dad left before my stepdad came that it was just my mom and us, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I can, I can attest to that. My grandmother was life in every situation. You know what I'm saying? Christmas, we're looking forward to seeing her anything. If she's coming over just out of the blue, we're like, Oh my God, it must be the special occasion. Mommy's coming over, you know? So we both grew up with grandma 
You know what I'm saying? We both grew up with grandma. How are we missing this? How are we getting disconnected from each other, from our culture, you know, from it? So, um, and also with that, just go, kind of go back, I kind of went off the tangent. Every time I talk to my grandma, I go into thinking about mine and I go over to the tangent. But what I was saying with that is, um, you know, a lot of guys, and we already know in present day in the last 40 years, a lot of men did not grow 40 plus, to be honest, a lot of men did not have their fathers directly in their households influence in their day-to-day life. And even if some of them did, because they had to work so hard, because they had so many children, they had so much responsibilities that, you know, if they did, if their dad was there, he was just probably sit on the sofa, watching TV, go to bed, get up and go to work the next day. Or he would probably sleep all day because he's tired because he got to work all night, you know? So I've seen all those different variations of, you know, the black male figure in the household or not in the household, you know, or in some cases in the household, but, you know, emotionally not in the household, physically there, but emotionally not there, right? So um, that's when the mom picks up, grandma picks up and kind of takes, you know, extra care, right? So it's like... um a lot of these guys didn't get that influence directly from their dad on how to be a man on like, Hey, it's, it's time to put down the cornrows and get a haircut. It's time to buy your suit, get, you need to have at least four good suits in a closet, you know, good, two good dress pair, you know, two p- good pair of dress shoes. You know, I remember back in the days, you know, I don't know how it is now cause I'm not a man and I'm not trying to say this is what men should do. But I remember back in the days, it was a thing like, you know, when you get a certain age as a man, you have to have a briefcase. This, this signifies that you're going to be about your business, that you're, you're focused and you're taking, you need to be taken seriously. If we carry a briefcase, you know, things like that, don't roll over into today's society because there's no culture and tradition that's being passed down. Right. So we are all grabbing at straws and we're all looking for, you know, for that. And, you know, in some cases I got to say, I'm grateful for the internet, you know, for that, because for example, um, like I said, the lead attorney, he's, he's giving them a positive light. You know, I don't watch him all the time. So I can't say like, you know, so if someone disagrees with me or says, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm on the wrong page. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to sit here and I watch him every day. And I'm like tuned in, but what I've seen, I was impressed. He speaks very well. He lets, he allows his platform. He shares his platform with people. He promotes other people on his platform. That's good stuff, you know? And he's a lawyer he's really a lawyer. He's not a guy with a, a um, handle, uh, a screen handle, like the lead attorney. He really is the lead attorney, you know, and he's given out legal advice. And, you know, so I think that was what piqued my interest when the whole Tasha K thing was going on with Cardi B and it was in trial and they were in court. And I was like, you know, this is, I want to hear this guy's take on it. Cause he's an actual attorney. You know, I wanted to be a lawyer, you know, when I was younger, but um, yeah. So, you know, I was like, this guy's pretty cool. He got sucked into the manosphere and I get it because he's very influential to guys, you know, and men are looking up to him. Men invest in him, you know, in his show, in his um, course, as they should, because they found someone that resonates with them and is inspiring them to, you know, better themselves. Okay. So that, you know, I'm going to segue from the lead attorney into the last part of this topic before I go into the music. Kevin Samuels, the biggest, um, YouTuber leader of them all of the manosphere. If you ask me, um, Kevin Samuels, 
I like Kevin Samuels. Let me just come out the gate and say that. So if anyone was coming up here thinking that I was going to be like, oh, Kevin Samuels this and blah, blah, blah. Sorry to disappoint you. That's not it at all. From the very first day, I was like, ooh, a man in my own heart. He hears what my, you know, what I can't say. Because I would say stuff like that back in the day and got me in trouble. <laughs> it just like I got him in trouble. And, um, you know, of course, not. I'm, you know, I'm still a woman and I'm still a very empathetic person. So I don't really, um, go that hard on people, you know, but sometimes I really wish I could, if that makes any sense, you know, cause imagine like if you could just be blatantly honest with everyone. And then of, of course you have to accept that people will in return be blatantly honest with you. Right. So you have to be willing to accept it as well as give it. So if the world was like that, man, I would be so happy because I would be like telling it like it is, but at the same time, I'd have to also be prepared to receive it like it is. Right. So there you go. But, um, yeah, so Kevin Samuels ruffled feathers for the last two years since, um, the COVID uh, pandemic hit with his YouTube channel, Kevin Samuels about, um, just different topics. Now, a lot of people would say, Oh, he's a misogynistic guy. And he, you know, focused on just bashing black women. You know, I've seen white women call in to his show. So I'm going to go there and I've seen him give them ratings as well. I've seen him give guys ratings. I've seen men call into the show and men try to bash women. And he's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Before you try to go out there and try to holler at her or a woman or blame a woman for your shortcomings, what are you doing to improve yourself? Where do you work? How much money do you make? I've seen them break a guy, several guys down like that. You know, like, um, 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 I work at McDonald's, but I'm doing, well, then you just, you have no one to be angry at but yourself, sir. Like he went in on the asses. But, um, if you're just watching the highlight reels with anything in life, right? Because like, for example, we all know social media and, and, you know, the internet is kind of pretty much made up of highlight reels. You're not seeing everyone's day to day and you really don't know the truth of what everything is going on with people by just looking at their social media. But, um, if you were just to look at the highlight reels, you would be like, yo, this dude is an asshole and he's a jerk, you know? But if you drill down a little bit, you would find it entertaining because I found it entertaining, but, um, you would also be like, you know, there's some truth to this, but, I want to take you guys down memory lane just to let you know that, um, to show you proof that people just don't want to hear the truth like that. People want to live in the delusional Cinderella world. Back in the nineties, there was a woman, hear me now, a black woman named Shaharizad Ali. And I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Shaharizad Ali. If you've seen a pretty beautiful black woman, she kind of give you like, Queen Latifah vibes, like the way Queen Latifah used to wear those big headrests and the African type of outfits and very like serious and, you know, dominating presence. That was Shaharizad Ali. Google her. I'm pretty sure you could probably find some stuff, um, from back then to see how her point of view and stance was on things up until present day. But, um, if you ask me, like, I'm not saying because, you know, Kevin Samuels has passed away. And the reason why I'm speaking about him is in recent times since he's passed away is like women, you know, and some men are rejoicing in his death and like happy he died. And like, you know, like, yeah, this is what he deserves and all this other stuff because he had an opinion. Right. So if you feel like that, I want you guys, anyone who, you know, disagrees with me for, you know, 
liking Kevin Samuels or disagree with me for feeling like, hey, sometimes we got to be realistic with ourselves. And I used to say this before I knew who a Kevin Samuels was. I used to be like, we have to be realistic with ourselves because it happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tried to, like, dude had a plane. I'm just going to tell you, like, just to keep it real. Dude had a plane. You know what I'm saying? And was flying in and out himself. And I'm here, like, trying to figure out how I can be seen by this dude. Dude is traveling time zones without, you know what I'm saying? Like, on his own. Like, he's just clearing his flight path and he's out and i'm trying to figure out how to pay my light bill this month <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it's a disconnect you know just because you're intrigued and you're excited about what someone has or what you know looks shiny and you know exciting to you you have to be realistic with yourself and say well what am i bringing to the table i couldn't even be a stewardess on the flight at that point in the game, you know what I'm saying? But that's who I had my eyes set on. It's unrealistic, unrealistic, right? So there you go. Now, um, can I say, oh, you know, I can't ever get a guy with a plane or I can't ever, you know, I'm not qualified to have a rich person. No, I am freaking rich, you know what I'm saying? In spirit, in so much things, plus the portfolio is not too shabby. So I feel like, you know, if you get yourself to a point where you want to be, like if you see yourself there, work towards getting there, you work yourself towards getting there, right? And then everything else will fall into place, you know? So that's why I say like, I call it the dirty diamond because everyone loves the pretty diamond, but no one wants to do the work to make the diamond pretty like you know how many hours and how many days and sometimes months that they're chiseling away and going through mud and dirt and all types of just uncomfortable situations to find one diamond to find a speck of a diamond you know what i'm saying because and that's what makes it rare and makes it expensive and makes it precious because it's not something you could just go if you could find a diamond on the corner it's not going to be worth nothing if you could just dig through your backyard and find a diamond it's not worth it right but um but it's not to say that there's not diamonds hidden in every facet of of anywhere you look at there's jewels and treasures of precious rarities and anything that we do and anything we put our mind to, right? But um, I feel like us as black people, we got to stop scorning the dirty diamond and let's chisel away till we can shine. And we, you know, sometimes I might have to chisel away at you and you might have to chisel away at me so we can both shine together if that makes any sense, right? And that's why I feel like the disconnect comes into play. Like, because for example, you know, and I'm still using my dirty diamond scenario here. Let's say I am a diamond. And let's say in the back of me, I got, you know, I, I, I shined up the front of me. So the front of me, I'm nice and shiny. I'm like reflecting in the sun. I'm looking good. But Colossal, because, you know, that's my partner in life. Colossal sees the back of me and it's like, yo, it's you're still a black coal in the back of you. Like you're shining up front. And that's like a, just a facade at this point, because are you really, truly a diamond? You're not fully, you didn't do all the work. You know, and then he could say, hey, look, you missed a spot. And I could be like, oh, thank you. And I could go grab it and fix it and correct that. Right. And then vice versa. He's like, yo, I'm shining up, oh, babe. You missed a spot and he could shine it up. And I think that's what um the disconnect come into play. I think that we have to let the guard down and we have to stop being so angry towards each other, men and women. Like um, I, one of the tea parties, don't get me the line. I don't want to say her name. I don't know. 
I don't remember, to be honest with you. But she's made a point like, you know, they talk about the big moms. They talk about this and that. But they fail to realize that was a single woman 90% of the time, 95% of the time in the black community. It's a single woman with like three or four or five or six kids. No dad, no income, working two jobs, three jobs, sometimes taking care of other people's kids to make ends meet, to come home and have to take care of some more kids. You know what I'm saying? To make ends meet and do it all with a smile and, you know, and cry at nighttime so you don't see, but put that, you know, that smile on in the morning. You know, that's that dirty, that's that shiny diamond up front, dirty in the back, you know? And the reason why it's dirty in the back, because she didn't have someone in there, but hey, babe, you missed a spot. Let me get that for you. You've been working hard, shining up front. Let me shine up the back, right? So um, she made a point and said, you, you, you want a girl to be like Big Mama. Big Mama was suffering. Big Mama went through trauma and PTSD and was sad and depressed. And you want people to live through that? You want people to suffer? You think that black women's only good for suffering? And when she said that, I was like, ah, that makes sense. You know, because, like, you know, back to what I said earlier, we both grew up in the house with grandma. How are we seeing these two different things, you know? But maybe, you know, we're sitting there. Uh, I know it's us, especially as women, like, in, you know, I'm from a Jamaican family, so we were in the kitchen. If grandma's cooking, we're peeling potatoes, peeling carrots, whatever we need to do, we're on deck to do it. All the girls, hand on deck. The guys, not so much. They can go outside and play. Like, I remember, like, I distinctively remember my brother and my cousins riding bikes, you know, up and down the street, doing whatever. They didn't have those chores of having to stay in the house and clean and cook and you know, do all that stuff. And this is just, I'm talking about my family. I don't know about everyone else's, but I'm just saying to some degree, could it be because it happened to me? I knew I was like, um, what I'm not going to do is this when I get old. Well, as soon as I can get out of here, I'm out of here. Cause I'm not cooking and cleaning. And these motherfuckers get to go ride bikes and they get to go have fun. And they don't even know what they do. And half their ass is not even as, you know what I'm saying? Equipped to do what I could do, you know, in my mind, you know, cause I could do whatever the boys can do type of thing. Nah, I'm out of here because I'm not doing this, you know, and um, rebel, you know, there's a lot of women I noticed that in, you know, my age group, my generation that do not have children, not one child, not even a stepchild. And it's like by choice in a lot of these cases, you know, and it's because what they've been through, like, that's what my mom suffered. I don't want to be like that. I, my, you know, my mom was a single parent. My grandmother was a single mother. I don't want to be like that, you know, and it just is like, that's their way of breaking the generational curse. If I have a child, it's going to be with my husband. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Making an attempt to break the generational curse. Right. So, um, I just feel like with that being said, like, I don't want to go too far off left or right, you know, and be like, I don't want, you know, I honestly really don't care because I'm not here for the party to like, or the debate, I should say. I love both sides and I relate to both sides and I understand. But, um, I think as far as like with Kevin Samuels and his past, and that was very crazy to see how they did him. But honestly, they did him no differently than they did Christian Obuselli last month, you know, when he spoke out and expressed his disdain towards a certain class of women, black women in particular. And, um, you know, we already got the plight of having nappy hair, you know, and dark skin and we're fat or we're not this or we're not that or, you know, just any any negative energy, slut, you know, fast girl, 
hoe, a stripper, like whatever you could think of, any scenario. You know, I always tell you about the thing with me and Shorty that had beef. She's like, go back to your pip. You know, like anything that they could think they could put on us, they'll put it on us. You know what I'm saying? Because we're black and any stereotype can fit, you know? So it's saddening and it's so disheartening to know that we're doing it within our community to each other. If we don't stick together in any capacity, then how can we expect to make change anywhere else, you know? And then it's like, oh, you got to be submissive. But um, I don't think these women can really be submissive the way you want them to be after they had to work like 25 years to take care of themselves and how, you know, and then on top of that, you know, 40 years of seeing no one taking care of their mother or, you know what I'm saying? Or 50 years of no one taking care of their grandmother. So it's like, you, you can't fault them for not wanting to repeat that cycle in some cases and saying, Hey, I want to try something different. So if it means don't have kids to uh, break that generational curse, and if it means, Hey, like, you know, focus on finances and focus on a portfolio and focus on bettering the world, you know, making the world a better place. And you left it without the stereotypes. I think I'm gonna opt for that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I can understand because I think I probably described myself in that one right there. Like, I think, you know, um, I can see how a lot of women fell into that category, you know, and I can see how men don't understand why women don't, you know, understand how they feel because you guys were riding bikes while we were in the house cutting greens and stuff and cleaning up when we're 10 years old and we want to ride bikes too, but we had the extra layer of restriction on us early out, you know, oh, you can't do this. You're a girl. Oh, you can't do this. You're a girl, you know? So when you can get to age and you can make your own decisions, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I was going to further lock myself in. Why would I do that? You know, in some cases, you know, and I can see if you're, you meet a guy, you know, and, um, early outs, high school, sweetheart, college, sweetheart, you get married, you have your kids and happily ever after no other problems. God bless it. It happens. It's out there. God bless it. And you are one of the lucky ones. You know what I'm saying? The rest of society, for the most part, really has to work at any relationship, anything you want out there. You have to work at it, right? So um, I don't think that is no different when it comes to the black community and is no different when it comes to black men and and black women dating each other, you know, or trying to bring that um, understanding back in within each other. We have to work at it. It's not something that, you know, it has to be some talking. Now, I will say some of those um, quote-unquote tea parties, it would take the fuck out of me because of their voice. Nah, 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 nah. And this motherfucker, that motherfucker. Like, I don't, just, we cannot have a healthy debate like this. If everything is, yeah, like my TV's on 10 and you're still screeching through the speakers and the surround sound, that's crazy, you know? And then you go over to someone like Kevin Samuels and he's very calm. He's very soothing. He has a nice light ambiance going on. He's playing some music and he's, you know, he has a couple of quick witted words and he's, you know, got some insults for the people. But, um, I will tell you one thing. God bless Kevin Samuels. God bless the dead. I thought what he did was great. But I personally would have never called into his show. 
me personally. Do I sit here and watch them every day? No. But it's almost like, you know, when you see a highlight reel, you see a, a sound bite pop up. So we're like, Kevin Samuel said this. I'm like, oh, let me go to YouTube and see what he's talking about. Then when you go and you see the full context of it, you're like, oh, well, he kind of is making sense. He is making sense. You know, like one thing they, they show you the highlight. We're like, oh, he said the girl was a, um, average at best. And then you go over to it and you know, I'm not here to judge anyone and say, this one's cute, that one's cute. Everyone has their own beauty and their own, you know, some uniqueness to them that makes them who they are, right? Um, But he was judging a girl, and the girl was like, I'm a 10, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so you think you can compete with Beyonce? You think you can compete with, like, and he was naming women that I guess he felt were 10s. And then she was like, uh, uh, yeah. And he was like, nah, you know, you can't, you, you gotta be realistic with yourself. And when he said that, I was like, I agree. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying be like, Hey, I'm ugly. I don't look like Beyonce. So I'm not beautiful. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, for example, you might be like, Hey, I got to get back in the gym because I know quarantine was not, not good to me. So I got to get some pounds off. Well, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and, um, I change up the wardrobe a little bit. I want to try something sexy out. Just trying to, you know, make myself bring myself back a little bit. You know, just different things that you have to recognize within yourself that you want to improve on. But when you start going to the outside world and saying, "Hey, this is what I think I am. What do you think?" Then be prepared for the answer. Be prepared for realistic things. Or be prepared for someone else's point of view period. Like it doesn't have to be the truth. It doesn't have to be fact, but it's their point of view. You know, like for example, the guy, Christian Obiselli that passed away in Miami, he was a good looking guy. He wasn't an ugly guy at all, in my opinion or whatever, but was he my type of guy? Even if he liked black girls, he wasn't my type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't somebody that I would be like, oh yeah, he's cute. Let me go. Ooh, let me holler at him. No, he's not what I like. So at the same time, it's like, I'm entitled to say I don't, you're not what I like. So why aren't other people entitled to say this is what they like? Now, when you make a big thing about it, like you're going on Twitter and you're like, I hate black girls. All black girls are bums. You're raggedy. You're this, you're that. And you slid out some black vagina. Then that's another story. You're, 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 you're just crazy and you're causing mayhem. But, um, that's what I want to say. This is something that up. This is what I want to say. Dirty diamonds. Like, we are all a diamond in the rough, you know what I'm saying? Especially in particular, this episode, I just wanted to highlight some of the things that stuck out to me as a black person living in today's society over the last couple of months. I didn't even talk about um, the Will Smith and Chris Rock smack. We already know, but it's just like so much black on black disrespect going on today. It's crazy. Like, you know, if I was another race or like, you know how people have those conspiracy theories or whatever going on. If I was someone that was out to destroy, and I'm throwing up air quotes, guys, destroy the black community, right about now, I'd be like, yes, I don't got to do much. I'm on autopilot. They're doing it themselves. We're Our job is done here. That's how I would feel, just by being an observer, sitting back and looking and observing what's happening and being like, yeah, our work is done here. We don't have to do much, you know? So we have to come back from the edge as a people. And we have to um shine each other's diamonds up. 
if you see a little rough spot, you see a little dark spot, you see a little coal on my back, but like, hey, you missed a spot. Let me shine it up for you. And then you turn around like, hey, Ganga, Colleen, you see something on my back? And I can shine it up for you too, you know? I think that's what we need to do to be a better community with each other and stop with the um, pointing fingers back and forth. Because like I was saying with Shahar Raza Ali, from the 90s if you look her it's almost like kevin samuels took a page out of her playbook and that's no bullshit like the stuff that she was talking about the her stance on you know black women black men same thing you know and she said the same thing it's like black women um need to understand compromise and that's something that i understand because i'm a victim of that as well at points in my life where compromise you know how much shit i've been through to compromise further, you know, not realizing, like, for example, like, if I grew up with a nice household, you know, I don't know, I got everything, I, whatever I want, I'm, I'm already, my mom already got college, my mom and dad already has college planned for me, and, you know, oh, have a boyfriend, and, you know, just encourage that natural growth in, in you to develop, or whatever, then maybe I would look at things differently and be like, okay, compromise. That's what's needed because that's what happened. My mom and dad compromised. My mom wanted to go to Hawaii one year. My dad wanted to go skiing. We ended up going to skiing. And then for Christmas, we went to Hawaii. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you'd have examples to also live by, to also make your, you know, like a reference point for yourself. But if you don't have that reference point and you're telling someone to compromise, compromise can sound like submit, you know? So I understand where that you know where women are coming from with that and um yeah some of these dudes I mean at the same time I'll be saying like you know um if you're so mad at the guys dating outside of it just date outside your race you know nine times out of ten and I'm not even trying to be disrespectful to my black men or anything like that but you probably get some good credit scores you probably get some out of this world vacations and life experiences and you probably will leave the block if you consider dating outside the race, you know, so they've, they've learned that secret, you know, because of course, like, um, you know, if I was to say, I, I you know, I've, I've had it back in the days, you had a boyfriend, you're like, oh, let's go, um, rock climbing, rock climbing. That's for white people. 20 years later, he got a white girlfriend. He's climbing rocks on Instagram. Like, oh, wow. You're doing all the whitest of shit now, buddy, aren't you? But when I said it as a black girl, let's do this, it's too white, we're black, you know? So I think that we as black people need to stop that. We need to start giving ourselves opportunities to explore the world. The world is ours, it's not theirs, it's ours, just as much as, as theirs, you know? And um, let's explore it together. Let's stop putting those limitations on each other, you know, like, oh, I'm not, I can't do that clean, we're black. But then Becky comes along and like, let's go rock climbing, John. And you're like, okay, let's go. You know, like, give me the same opportunity and the same benefit of the doubt and the same excitement, you know, and I think that we would see more, you would see more from us, you know? So, and I'm saying me just to kind of make it be like in a first person point of view, because I kind of understand where it's coming from. I'm grateful. I'm not in the dating market right now. I'm just going to put it like that. And I'm blessed that I found someone that kind of thinks the way I think. And, um, we're on the same page, you know what I'm saying? we're on the same page. Now, were we always on the same page? No. You know, when we met each other, we were really good friends for years. And um, once we come to realize that we do have a lot of same interests, we do have a lot in common, that we started to, 
you know, evolve into a relationship, but you grow to the point that where we are today, that's work, that's compromise. You have to grow to get to that. And then it becomes valuable. Then you start to look around and be like, um, this is worth gold. I would chop a nigga neck off trying to come over here with any disrespect. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to want to fight for your family, fight for what's yours, but you have to work hard for it to get there. Nothing happens overnight. So even though, you know, I said the Cinderella story and I was referring to little girls of all colors, you know, same thing with guys. The guys have that, you know, Cinderella story plus the pressure of being the prince, you know, on them. But they want to be Cinderella too. They want to be taken care of as well. And, you know, I want to be swept off by a good woman that has a good job too. But what are you doing? I'm going to work. What are you doing? Like, that's not going to happen. That can't fly. It has to be a two-way commitment and a two-way energy put into this situation. So I'm done with that. I don't want to go too deep into it, but I just wanted to say, like, I thought it was very disheartening to see people celebrating um, Kevin Samuel's death. Um, I, I, I realized the word, cause I literally, the day that he passed away, this was earlier the day before we realized he passed away. I was just like, you know, I feel like there is a shift in the world colossal. I just feel like it's just, I don't know. It's like less empathy, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, you know, and we was just talking about some other stuff and he was like, yeah, but it's just like, look at the pandemic, look at this politics. There's so much happening right now. You know, of course it's going to be a shift. So we just left it at that. But then when he passed away and to see the, the Twitter light up, the social media light up with the people saying like celebrate his death and going off on them. I get it. it. You know, when people, when you, when you step on a soapbox, then you're giving people cause to talk and cause to judge. So be careful. And all the stuff that I said tonight is just my observation. I'm not saying this is what you need to do. This is what's going to fix society. Not at all. I'm just saying that I watch both sides of the spectrum on YouTube. And um, as a woman, I experienced it in life, you know. And I could just say, like, I could see where both sides are coming from. I just wish that um, it could be some happy medium for everyone. Because if they can see, because viewers are paying these YouTube influencers for their opinions to be, to feel justified in how they feel about themselves. And one thing that stood out to me, um, the lead attorney did like a tribute to Kevin Samuels cause they were really good friends and, you know, acquaintances in the business of YouTube. And he did a tribute where he opened up the lines and let people call in and tell them how that, you know, how Kevin Samuels touched their lives or impacted them. And one guy called in and he said how, um, he started taking, credit seriously he you know got a better job because you know kevin samuel like when kevin samuels was like what are you doing with yourself what are you bringing to the table you want to talk about women all the time to complain about them what are you doing and he was like he never had a suit he bought his first suit between kevin samuels who always wore suits and the lead attorney who always wore suits on youtube he said you know they make me feel inspired you know and make me feel like i too am important and he bought four suits he said you know and I was just saying to myself, like, that's what it's about. Like, if they're going to influence, like, you never know. Like, maybe they're doing their part to get the guys to where they need to get to for the Tea Party girls to get future husbands. But the disconnect that's coming into play is, um, I think that they need to be a little bit more, it needs to be a little common ground of, of conversation. Not the angry name-calling yelling that comes from the left. And not the, see, I told you all the bitches is crazy. That comes from the right, you know, it gotta be some happy ground medium. But, um, I just look at it like it's a potential opportunity to shine a dirty diamond. Okay. And I just hope that one day we as a community can get there and shine that dirty diamond. Now, let me segue on in 
currently available on all streaming platforms. Once again, available on all digital streaming platforms. You can find Dirty Diamonds on the Queens of Hip Hop Volume 1 compilation, fresh out of Germany, fresh off of three stock records, international things are gone. You hear me? You hear? So y'all go ahead and get that, Dirty Diamonds. Um, The trick is... um. They kind of use my Instagram name in the credits. So when you're searching for it, I don't know if it'll come up if it says Gongoli, but if you type in Gongoli space MC and then Dirty Diamonds, you'll be able to find it on all streaming platforms. But nonetheless, you can go over to Gongoli MC on Instagram. So it's like, if you can't think of anything else, just think of my Instagram and it, you know, you should be able to find it that way. Or you just go over to Instagram and click on the link in the bio and you can get all of that. You can get all of that. Um, so I'm gonna leave y'all with Dirty Diamonds tonight. You know, I want to shout out to Maximilian out there in Hamburg, Germany, who reached out to me for this project. Um, such an awesome dude. So dope. And, um, we had great conversation and he invited me onto the project and I look forward to many more. I look forward to some more opportunities and, um, hopefully I could be going out to Germany soon. Hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? And, um, rocking live for the people. But in the meantime, I want to let you know the song and what kind of music was an um, inspiration for me because I'm a dirty diamond. Everything that we talked about today, you know, to some degree, I'm not just talking about it as an observer. I'm not talking about it stepping on a soapbox. I've lived it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had, I've been a dirty diamond in the rough, you know what I'm saying? Had to get to where I'm at now shining. And I still got a couple of spots in me that need to be shined up. You know what I'm saying? No one is perfect, but, um, you know, I say from the mud to the mount, we still rising because, you know, in the mud, that's where you find the dirty diamonds, you know, but when you clean them off and they go to the jeweler, they get chiseled away and shined up, then they mount them onto something pretty, like a nice precious, you know, metal. And that makes it more expensive, more rare, right? So from the mud to the mount, the price keeps rising. With give the love or without, we still shining. So if you don't shine me up, you know, sometimes you have jewelry in the box and you leave it there for years, even even if it's 100% gold, you know, it's going to tarnish a little bit. But if it's a real diamond, that diamond will never really tarnish. You ever notice that? Yeah. So from the mud to the mount still rising, give the love or without, still shining. Price is up, never out, still rising. You know, so that's the journey, personal journey that I am on daily. You know, I'm a dirty diamond. I think we all are. And just based on this episode, I think that we should all view ourselves as that. Like it's always room to polish us up. There's always room to shine brighter and there's always room to be better. And the stronger we are, we'll be able to cut glass, cut anything that comes in our way. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to leave y'all with that right now. Dirty Diamonds, streaming on all digital platforms. Definitely, you know my motto. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It don't hurt either way. Okay, so I'm going to leave y'all with Dirty Diamonds. Shout out to Three Stock Records. This is exclusively on Three Stock Records, on Queens of Hip Hop Volume 1. Shout out to Colossal TV on production. You know how we do is the home team, DRE Records, always in the building. The Mint Recording Studios, always in the building. Can't stop, won't stop. And we got some more stuff coming, so stay tuned for the next episode because I got some more stuff to talk to you about. I couldn't fit it on to one episode. We already over the hour. But until next time, y'all stay blessed, y'all stay safe, and what I always tell y'all, love on yourself. Love yourself because you cannot love me if you don't love you. All right, until next time, y'all stay blessed. Peace.
It's like that boom bap with some Reggie raps. It's like that mama be her kids because they so bad. It's like the air we breathe. It's like a catch release. It's like confinement, but your mind suddenly went free. It's like a chain and ball. Yeah, you gave your all. It's like they never see your work, but they will see your flaws. It's like a flashback. Hacking they cash out. They claim they hide up in these streets, but we know that's cap. It's like they don't know. It's like it's slow mo. It's like they moving around a circus full of bones. It's like it ain't real, something I can't feel Cause every step I take is great towards my next deal It's like meals on wheels, dashing to your door It's like catching feels, and you wanting more It's like claiming real, but they really fake It's like bringing nothing to the table but you take Dirty diamonds, still shining From the mud to the mouth, still rising Give the love or without, still climbing Prices up, never out, still rising Dirty diamonds, still shining From the mud to the mouth, still rising Give the love or without, still climbing Prices up, never out, still rising It's like I'm back home, but I never left It's like the changing of the guard, but I never slept It's like the reaching for my goals, but they did a shift So I flex just a bit when I create these hits It's like your grandma house, it made you feel good It's like you chase and clout, so now you feel hood Yo, that shit is dead, these days I feel great And while they focus on bullshit, I'm buying real estate Too many trips to name, now I drink champagne Had to learn the game, just to ease my pain Now it's poker face, done with style and grace Never let them see you sweat, even in the race Trust they run inside bets, so just keep your pace Yo, they think they in step, but they out the lane Thinking they relate, but we not the same Dirty diamonds shine up, even after rain Dirty diamonds, still shining From the mud to the mount, still rising Give the love or without, still climbing Prices up, never out, still rising Dirty diamonds, still shining From the mud to the mount, still rising Give the love or without, still climbing Prices up, never out, still rising Huh Dirty diamonds We still rising Give the love or without, still climbing Dirty diamonds